This is my mommy. This is my mommy. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Nani and Mom. I'm Nani. And I'm Mom. If you're loving this podcast, we would be so honored if you subscribe, rate, and review. This helps others to find our podcast and helps us to continue to provide the content that you love. You can always find us on Instagram. We're at Nani and Mom Podcast. That's N-O-N-N-I-E and Mom Podcast to stay up to date with our new episodes. We would also love if you send us a voice message through the show notes or shoot us an email to Nani and Mom Podcast at gmail.com for episode ideas or specific questions. So, Mom, what are we talking about today? Well, today we wanted to do kind of a part two of blood sugar regulation because we like to honor everybody's time, but we found ourselves with itching to talk a little bit more about blood sugar regulation. So I wanted to jump into that if we can, kind of picking up where we left off to maybe hop on about kind of talking about the roller coaster of blood sugar. If you haven't listened to part one, you should definitely go back and do that first. If you did not listen to part one of blood sugar regulation, you'll want to do that before you move on. And so with blood sugar regulation, what ends up happening is that most of us are on a roller coaster. So we kind of talked about that equal sign and wanting to maintain the waves of the upper level and lower level of blood sugar within that equal sign. But for the most part, a lot of us are on a roller coaster where we are shooting our blood sugar way up past that upper line of the equal sign. And then it's dropping way, way down. And these are, this is putting stress on our bodies in a lot of different ways. So Blood sugar dysregulation. Why is that that happening? Why? What's creating that? A lot of different things can create it, but most of it has to do with our personal food cycles, I would say. So when we go a long stretch without eating, obviously we show signs of tiredness, fatigue. We might be experiencing ravenous hunger. And so in our head, the answer to that is usually a big cup of coffee or a donut from down the street because we're in a hurry and we think that a high carb diet or a high carb meal is going to really give us that energy push. Mm -hmm. But what's happening is when we eat a meal of highly refined sugar and carbohydrates, a lot of glucose is entering our bloodstream a lot. And this is where it's climbing past that upper level of the equal sign. And so then our our brain sends a signal to our pancreas to say, hey, there is a ton of glucose in the blood. We need insulin now and we need a lot of it and we need it fast. So our pancreas starts to pump out insulin and it is taking glucose out of the bloodstream and storing it. But because we hit our body with so much glucose all at one time with a high carb meal or high sugar drink or something, then the pancreas overreacts and sends too much insulin into the body and puts too much glucose into storage. And so then our blood sugar tanks below that lower level. And we would maybe call that reactive hypoglycemia, where our blood sugar is entirely too low. And it's all triggered by the fact that our blood glucose was too high and our pancreas is overreacting. Okay. So that makes think sense. about okay. think about the Snickers commercial. You're not you when you're hungry, eat a Snickers. 
Um, ah. but, like I spent probably like the entire decade of my 20s being hangry and like being proud of it almost in a way. And I not proud, but like using it as an excuse for my behavior because I would I would go so long without eating that I would then become irritable. I was yelling, you know, I would yell at people. I would snap at people. And it, we have kind of coined that term in our like society today as like, oh, She's hangry. And, you know, it's really sad because the food industry is perpetuating that because the solution to your hanger is definitely not eat a Snickers. That will Correct. that will cause that will cause the roller coaster to another eat. hangry mm-hmm. event. <laughs> because yes. then, you know, if you're if you eat a Snickers when your blood glucose is super low, you'll probably feel better immediately. But then you're going back on that roller coaster where your blood glucose is going to skyrocket and then your pancreas is going to produce a ton of insulin, which then lowers your blood glucose and so on and so forth. So this is pretty common. I would say that that's kind of what it looked like for me is that I was just on this roller coaster of, you know, you get super tired. So you have a coffee and then you think that makes you feel better, but you were never actually like feeding your body with the fuel that it needs to sustain a fair level of blood sugar. And it can look different for everybody. Blood sugar dysregulation can look like cravings for carbs. You might have difficulty burning fat for weight loss. Maybe you have brain fog. You might have fatigue, memory issues, insomnia. Believe it or not, blood sugar regulation can can play a factor in your sleep cycle. Hmm. You might have ravenous hunger, increased blood pressure. And depending on what phase you're in, you may have one or more of these. You might have all of them. You may only have some of them. You might have these symptoms and they're absolutely not related to your blood sugar regulation. So keep that in mind. Again, you know, I'm, I'm not a mm-hmm. licensed professional. This is for educational purposes only so that everybody can kind of start paying attention to how they feel. And it it is something that I definitely did not realize was a big issue. And I, again, I kind of live in hindsight right now. You know, I now eat a very large breakfast typically, and I usually don't eat a snack in between breakfast and lunch. And looking at me a year ago, I was eating like six times a day just to be able to feel like I had the energy to keep going. And please let me be very clear. If you are hungry, eat, Mm. please eat as that's the body's Yes, like as a recovering under eater, it is very important for me to make clear that if you're hungry, you need to eat. So don't listen to what I'm saying and say like, oh, I eat six times a day. That's not good for my blood sugar. No, you know, you can start paying attention to your blood sugar and and we can talk about how to transition to a more real whole food diet that will help regulate your blood sugar so that you maybe can reduce the amount of times you're eating per day. But don't focus on that if you're not there yet. You know, we we want to make sure we're eating when we're hungry. A year ago, you were working with a professional to help you increase your under eating so that you could put the weight back on that you had lost because you were so anxious after Mm -hmm. postpartum yes that it manifested in not eating Mm -hmm. right and so you were working with a professional who was helping guide you to eat more regularly correct yes and you know looking back on it now having kind of seeing it from her lens we absolutely prioritize uh, somebody's needs and it's very bio individual um so that's a really good point to bring up is that my focus was not on the specifics of regulating my blood sugar. 
it was, like you said, to learn how to eat and learn how to recognize my hunger and recognize that I needed to, like the fuel that I needed to be eating. On that note, it is okay to feel hunger. Um, We don't want to feel ravenous hunger, but hunger is the signal of glucagon. When you're hungry, it allows glucagon, which is the hormone that releases stored energy for use to do its thing. And so it kind of goes back to that grocery store example of you know, we want some ebb and flow in our blood sugar regulation so that we can use the backstock of energy and put new into storage. If we just continue to restock the first shelf, then everything in the back would expire. So it, it's, it's a delicate balance, but I definitely think that there are some things that we can talk about from a nutrition perspective that are pretty well general guidelines. Um, Again, please work with a a professional if you're looking to truly make changes to your blood sugar regulation. But these are just some general tidbits that I would say. We're just trying to let everybody know that this is a thing out there. And Mm -hmm. this is what's impacting us and very well causing some of our issues. Mm -hmm. And so just to bring, we're just trying to bring it into the awareness for other people that this is a thing. And so much of this is, I think so much of this is a lot of us have no idea the intricacies of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the longest time, it never, and I'm a smart woman. Yeah. (laughs) I have a doctorate. I know that. (laughs) But I, it never like I never really put it all together that the fuel, the food that we're putting into our body is running the brain, mm-hmm. which is running everything else. Yeah. And if we're not putting in good fuel, we're not going to have good brain function to run all the rest of the stuff in the body. And then it sounds like it's the more that I'm learning from you, it seems like it's just this really insane domino effect. That it is. Mm-hmm. It just and it it's the it's got this perpetual feedback loop. If we eat the wrong fuel, we're craving the wrong fuel, yes. and we just stay in that cycle. And then, how, where do you put the wrench in it? We've got commercials like Snickers. You know, hey, you're not yourself if you don't eat a Snickers. Mm-hmm. And we just and I watch so many of the commercials. There's I think it's McDonald's. Or I'm not sure who, but something about well, if you want to if you want to be happy in your family together, you eat at McDonald's and. Uh. You know, the society of the stuff, and it's like just perpetuating this, perpetuating this feedback loop of garbage. Right. Yeah. And it's yes, I I of course have a lot to say. Um, but I'll I'll keep it to this to basically echo that is that the other the thing about it is that we are suffering needlessly is is the biggest issue for me is that again, this goes back to we have never had an emergency in the history of of humans to need to lower blood sugar. And yet the US has seen an 800% increase in diabetes since 1960. Um, and, And so while there are a lot of factors that play into blood sugar regulations, genetics, epigenetics, lifestyle, environmental toxins, those can all play factors into it. But that I cannot look at that number or that stat without it to me being directly linked to our food supply and what education or lack thereof we are being given about 
food and how it fuels us. Right. And then when we do eat those foods, we get that insane dopamine hit in the brain where we're mm-hmm. just, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Eat more so of that. As, as much as I would like to just like knock over um, or get rid of every fast food restaurant in the whole world, that's not going to happen. So what we are here to do is just provide the anthem for making better choices and educating to to make better choices on why these things matter. So generally yeah. speaking... So do you... I was going to say, do you have some rule of thumb that I we can a, follow? Rules yeah, of I have I have a few. And they are honestly not much different than anything else that you've heard me say on any other episode about any other wellness topic when it relates to nutrition. But here's what I would say is that we need to be eliminating highly refined sugars and refined vegetable oils from our diet. So as much as possible, eating whole, real food in its natural form, minimally processed. We want to be eating more satiating meals. So meals with quality protein and quality fats. Fats kind of got vilified there for a while and they're still sort of kind of making a comeback. But, you know, a wide range of healthy fats like avocado oil, grass-fed butter, lard, we've talked about before, coconut oil, olive oil are all great options. And fat is actually a necessary vehicle for absorbing certain vitamins. So there are vitamins in, let's say, vegetables, which are a carb. And in order to for our body to absorb those vitamins, we need fat to do so. And fat is also like, yeah, that's a whole nother episode right there. (laughs) (laughs) My mind has just gotten blown here. Yeah. And so, you know, my the other thing about fat is that it is the slow burning log on your fire. So carbs are the kindling, they they snap the fire into action real quick but they're going to burn hot and they're going to burn fast and then they're going to burn out. So that gives us that quick energy that we need. But your fat and your protein are the slow burning logs that keep the fire going overnight, you know, that smolder all night. And that Mm -hmm. is the long burning energy that we need that prevents us from falling into those hypoglycemic stages. It allows us to burn the energy at a pace that is reasonable and where we're not causing a dip. So eating quality proteins and fats, I can't stress enough. Of course, we touched on it last episode to make sure that we're eating breakfast. If you're not a breakfast eater, try to start eating breakfast that kickstarts our metabolism, that kickstarts everything about the functionality of of waking up. And then, of course, like I already stressed, if you're hungry, please eat. But eat, again, good quality proteins and fats. So try not to lean into that, you know, donut shop run in the morning or that coffee that's loaded with sugar in the afternoon. Try to switch to maybe a boiled egg or some um, nuts and seeds or even you know baked a baked chicken breast or thigh mm-hmm. or something that is a whole food snack right um, or an avocado half an out half of an avocado something yep. like that some additional foods we've already covered a couple of them but some additional foods that support balanced blood sugar would be brussels sprouts liver pistachios sunflower seeds almonds and avocado Ew, i don't want to eat liver you <laughs> slowly but surely well everybody has unique situations if your iron levels are high it may not be a a great recommendation but for a lot of people oh, yay <laughs> my iron's too high <laughs> yeah for a lot of people um liver is is definitely something that i'm going to start plugging a little bit more because it is very nutrient dense for for a lot of reasons well and we can lace it into our other foods and not even yeah. know it's there. 
Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, your your husband laughed at me a few weeks ago when I was at your house. And uh, I said that you lace everything with beets. And he just laughed. He's like, yeah, she does do that, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> and, and beets are great for liver, for like actual functionality of your liver. So um, they've been which great plays for in, me. Yeah, which plays into your blood sugar regulation as well, because your liver does a lot of work in storing extra energy in the body and getting it where it needs to go. So I hope that this second episode is sort of given a little bit more information on how to regulate your blood sugar and the things that you can start paying attention to to make those shifts for yourself to to balance your blood sugar. So nutrition and stuff though, and I know that we've got to wrap this up here pretty soon, but nutrition is not food, is not the only thing that loads into our blood sugar, mm-hmm. right? So, and we talked about stress. Stress really does impact our blood sugar a lot. And so regulating that, and you you can go back to our, we had a three-part series in December on stress management and anxiety. Uh-huh. Go back to those episodes. And then we did a pro- progressive relaxation episode to help reduce that stress so that we can recover the body, kind uh-huh. of bring that baseline down so that can help the body run, the body, not run, but the body, well, run the systems in a more optimal manner Mm -hmm. But then there are some other things that load into our blood sugar, too. And my doctor had talked to me about that exercise can impact my blood sugar. So having Mm -hmm. I was instructed to check my blood sugar before I exercise to make sure it wasn't too low because exercise is going to reduce my blood sugar and then checking it afterwards to see how the exercise impacts it. So Mm -hmm. there's just so many things that really load into it. And it's really important to recognize that, you know, this is not. A, a simple system. This is complicated. And working with a practitioner who can help you for with your individual, what did you call it? Your individual bio? Bio-individual what? approach. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And I think as much as possible, the goal here in relation to blood sugar, the idea is that reducing stress allows the adrenals a break from doing work that it's not intended to do on a regular basis, which is to release epinephrine, norepinephrine, and cortisol, the stress hormones, into the body. So if we can focus on reducing stress overall in our lives, and exercise does contribute to that, and long-term exercise has been shown to reduce blood sugar, and uh, starting habits that help you to manage your stress, those do all play a factor. And, and in this case, it's kind of like yeah, we're, we're trying to reduce stress so that the adrenals are not playing as big of a role in regulating our blood sugar because we don't want them to. We want our adrenals to be reserved for what it's there for is to help us in a stressful situation. And I think that we're, we're just constantly being bombarded with stress in all different fashions. But keep in mind that our body, our body cannot differentiate between being chased by a bear and a, a, being stressed from a work deadline that you are mm-hmm. staying up all night to finish. Right, right. So when you like to me, when I look at it that way, I'm like, that is insane. You know, biologically, mm-hmm. my body is reacting exactly the same way as if I were being chased by a bear. And that allows me to use the tools that I've been learning to try to reduce my stress, my perceived stress, so that 
I'm not constantly firing uh, cortisol and epinephrine and norepinephrine when I don't need to so that that they're not stressed out as much. Um, and I'm regulating my blood sugar in the way that it's meant to be regulated. Does that I kind of cover this. everything? <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that we have touched on everything that we intended to touch on during these past two episodes. And I am just so grateful that you are learning all this wonderful stuff because it truly has been helping me a lot. And I hope that we're helping other people as well. I sure hope so too. So don't forget, you guys can find me on Instagram. I am at beauty in the beat separated by periods. And I kind of just share whatever I feel like sharing in relation to nutrition and lifestyle. And you guys get some glimpses into how I manage and maintain my my stress and lack thereof. So I would love if you guys join me there. Don't forget, you can also download my free five-day audio mini-series at thebeautyinthebeat.com. That's a great place to start if you're feeling overwhelmed with anxiety and you need a little kickstart. It's audio series that's less than three minutes each and kind of gets you going in the right direction. And we're just here to support everybody. So we're so happy that we could share some time with you today. We appreciate it and honored that we could be a part of your day. See you soon.